Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our first episode in 2023. This is Kim Hopkins, Director of Outreach for Lives in the Balance, standing in for Dr. Ross Green, who cannot be here with us today. It's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We do this podcast the first Tuesday of the month, September through May, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. On this show, we do our best to help you with your behaviorally challenging child, help you figure out what's going on, and hopefully help you figure out some things that are going to work. Our call-in number is 347-994-2981. Please be sure to press 1. Uh, we'd love to hear from you today. I'm joined by our social media coordinator and parent extraordinaire, Jennifer. How are you doing today? And Happy New Year. I'm doing well, Kim. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Awesome. I'm so glad you could I join us today. I hope you can today. hear me. I'm I'm calling in from my other job today. So, I hope you can oh, hear me. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes. I can hear you great. Hopefully, I'm also being heard well because I'm just using um earbuds, unfortunately. I was going to use my better ones, but they were not working out for me. So, hopefully we're not Aww. having a sound quality <laughs> issue. Um, It wouldn't be this podcast if there was not some sort of tech-related issue. (laughs) True. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) So from all of us at Lives in the Balance, we want to wish everyone um, all the great things, health, happiness, and everything great for 2023. We're excited to kick off this new year with you today. couple of things that I wanted to mention coming up at the top of, of 2023, and then Jennifer, I'll kick it over to you if there's anything that you want to mention um, or anything that's come up in our Facebook group, the B team, or anything at all. But I did want to let people know um, that we have an awesome newsletter. Um, and if you want to be the first to know about new resources or um, just Anything, we're we're always doing something to bring the collaborative and proactive solutions model um, to everyone and make it more accessible um, to learn and understand the model. And so if you want to be apprised of everything new going on, we send a newsletter about once a month. It's actually probably a little bit less than that, and we do not share your emails (laughs) at all. But please go to our website and sign up. The website is livesinthebalance.org. And if you click on connect at the very top, you'll see this red bar comes up across the middle. To the very right is newsletter sign up. So please sign up and you'll uh, be the first to know about all our new resources. (laughs) If you received our December newsletter, you saw that we have a new video showing the collaborative and proactive solutions model that's new on the website just a couple of weeks ago. Um, you'll also have seen that we have a two-day virtual training coming up that Dr. Ross Green is doing on January 12th and 13th. 
and a host of other interesting things, especially about our advocacy efforts and um, what's going on as far as who we're partnering with and our progress on trying to eliminate the use of punitive practices. Jennifer, do you have anything that you want to mention today? Um, I just wanted to say that in the B team the other day, someone had posted, um, and the B team is our, our parent Facebook group, that we, someone said it's, it's, is it a support group? And my answer is that it's a supportive group to help parents learn how to use the model. Uh, it's not a traditional parent support group, so it's, it's structured a little bit differently. Um, we do stay very, very much to the, the purpose and, and the cause of learning CPS in there. Um, but someone had posted about the kids do well if they can mugs that she bought from the swag shop on the website uh, that she gave to all of the adults in her kids' life and what a <laughs> wonderful Christmas gift they made. And uh, they really, the, the design is, is fun and the mugs are nice and, and it's, it's good sometimes to have a physical reminder there in front of you when you need it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's my plug for the yeah. flag shop <laughs> because they, the, the people who have ordered them have really loving them. That's great feedback because we have been blown away by how many orders there have been for, I think we have six products up there right now and um, just floored by it. So that is, that is fantastic. And um, we had uh, a contest for that design and Lindsay won the contest. So shout out again to Lindsay. Thank you very much for that great design. I'm loving my travel mug. I haven't used it for cold things yet, but it keeps hot drinks so hot. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. We actually have a caller. So callers great. take precedent on the program. So we'll jump right in. Area code 914, you're on live with us. Did you have a question for us today? I do. Thank you very much, and thanks for providing the service and for the website. It really is great. Um, so I'm oh, it's absolutely early our pleasure. <laughs> I'm pretty early on in the use of the process. Um, mm -hmm. So I've tried to use it a few times, and just yesterday I used it with my 15-year-old, um, uh, with going back to school and everything, I said, hey, um, I, I, there's something I want to talk to you about this morning. Do you want to talk now or do you want to wait a little while? Because he had just recently gotten up. I said, do you want to talk now or do you want to wait a little while? He waited a little. He's like, I want to wait. Then he decided, okay, let's talk now. So I simply said, hey, it's a new, we're going back to school. I'm going to go food shopping. I want to just talk about some meals that would be good to have for you. Um, you know, breakfast, lunches, dinners, things you can make on your own, things I can have for you. And in the context of the discussion, I'm embarrassed to say I don't even remember exactly what he said, but he said, you know, he started, he started getting aggravating and saying, like, something probably in a negative tone, like, you're so annoying or something like that. Um, so I stopped him. We were able to work through it. And then we have a discussion. I made my list. But, of course, I wasn't happy with that, you know, that – I don't know what the right I – I want to say behavior, but I know that – well, I guess it's a behavior. <laughs> so later in the day, so later in the day, I said, hey, you know, let's talk about your difficulty in having that discussion with me this morning. 
Um, and okay. I said, you know, can you tell me, tell, tell me about that, what was going on? Um, he said, well, I was just tired. And I said, okay, you were tired, anything else? Nope, nothing else. Um, you know, what were you thinking during that? I was just thinking that I was tired. So I felt like I wasn't getting too far. I waited some time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I expressed my concern, and I said, well, you know, we need to be able to have discussions in a calm manner. Um, and the natural response to that type of, of uh, I guess, I don't remember what I said, but the natural response to your statements to me would be, I'm going to get aggravated, or whomever you're dealing with is going to get aggravated. We're not going to be able to have a discussion, and it's going to escalate. So I want to be able, we need to be able to talk about things, and we need to have a calm environment in the house. What ideas do you have to solve? No ideas. Don't want to talk about this. Are we done? Are we done? Can we move forward? So I said, well, let's, we'll talk about this another time, but we have to be able to resolve these types of things. So the reason I'm calling is because today I would like to pick up the discussion again, and I guess my thought is that when I do so, if I don't get any ideas from him, that it might be an opportunity for me to start coming up with ideas for ways for him to deal with frustration. But I... I wanted to get your opinion on that. Well, we're really glad you called. And <laughs> love that this is like all the way live for you, and maybe we'll even get an update for you uh, from you next month, which would be great. Um, I have a few things to offer, and then, Jennifer, you, you can jump in, and, and um, we sort of tag team like that, I would think. Um, yep. So the first couple of ideas I had um, – I want to make sure, and hopefully you've done this already, that you have done analysis and assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. Yes. Yes. Great. Awesome. Just because sometimes when folks are new to the model, it can be tempting to jump from unsolved problem to unsolved problem to unsolved problem because there's just so much happening and so much we want to get going better, but then our efforts are watered down if we don't just focus on one at a time. Um, especially when we're kind of learning, right? When when we're good at feeling good about our Plan B skills and our kids have had some um, exposure to Plan B, then maybe we can work on two or three at a time, but those are separate conversations, <laughs> right? So um, just making sure about that. So I thought it was, um, and we often talk about this, that it was really great that you um, gave an option of, you know, when to have the discussion, because that is, that is a really great signal that this is not plan A, right? So that was fantastic. Um, and then you waited until later to talk about the issue that came up. You didn't go right forward in the moment um, when the aggravation happened during the conversation. So difficulty in having the food discussion. What I would say about, and I know this is particular, but it actually could help, is that that, and I know that might not have been your exact wording, but just in case it was, um, we're missing a verb there, so we would actually want you to put in maybe something like um, calmly talking about the um, – well, Dr. Green would say we don't like to use that calmly thing because that's an internal state, right? <laughs> so we kind of want to observe – and you could just go with talking about the food grocery shopping, right? We could just say that. Um, and the reason why I say that is because we don't want to skip the verb. When we skip the verb, then our, our expectation is not real clear. So we want to pick a verb that really clearly says your observable expectation. Um, then um, he said he was tired. 
And you did a nice job of trying to drill, right? You use that drilling strategy of, of, you know, what do you think? What were you thinking? Right. And he repeats, I was thinking I was just tired. Right. I don't know, but I'm wondering if, even though he sounds like he's got language, does he have the words to tell you what could be happening? And I don't know if you feel like tired made sense to you and this clicks and, and yes, that's what was happening here or if there was anything else. If you suspect that there was something else, then I would stick with drilling and you would maybe want to um, take some guesses and have him rate your guesses in a way that he wouldn't hate, right? That he could say, yeah, you're right. No, you're not. Or he could say, you know, your guess is a five. That's, um, that's the five finger method, right? Five is um, totally right. You know, two is kind of true. Three is sort of true. Uh, I'm sorry, four is kind of true, three is sort of true, two is not very true, and, and one is not true at all. So some, some way for you to say, um, what else could have been happening? You know, is it, because if you're, not, if you're thinking that tired doesn't explain the whole thing, then there's still drilling to be done. Um, and uh, maybe yeah, that, is, that is what I'm thinking. That is what I'm thinking, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, and, and good for you for even trying, because you tried the what were you thinking, right? And sometimes, that's my favorite drilling strategy, but there is no guarantee with it, right? So good for you for even trying. <laughs> I would sort of stick with that and have that drilling cheat sheet with you um, to ask questions different ways. Now, that being said, have you set the stage for plan B with him? Have you been explicit with him about why you'd be asking questions in the first place? No, I, I was leery to do that. I, I don't think that would be received well. Um, so what I have done, and, and I wasn't sure if this was right or not, was in an effort to get him to talk was to say, you know, I, I want to talk this through to you, with you instead of just saying, hey, if you do that again, then I'm going to restrict your screen. I, I said I'd prefer not to do that with you. I'd prefer to work it through and come up with a with a mutually beneficial, you know, uh, solution. So that I have said. That's exactly what I mean. That's great. You know, okay. you can say as <laughs> okay. much or as little about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, your kid say as much or as little about it. But I'm always a fan of. Um, and even when you enter a discussion, then you can say, remember when I said that I'm committing to not taking your screens and the way for this to happen is for you and I to work together to solve problems. This is what I'm trying to do right now. Right. Okay, and, good. and throwing in the, I'm not mad, um, essentially reminders that you're not doing plan A, you're not in trouble. Nobody's upset here. We're just trying to work out a problem. That's all. Um, okay especially with a 15-year-old who has maybe had plan A quite a bit um, and maybe not mm -hmm. just at home, right? That, that plan A, I call it like the legacy of plan A, it just sticks, right? And there's this like defensiveness that happens. Um, even you're mm -hmm. going in thinking, I'm not doing plan A, but I would be very explicit about that multiple times in the course of a very short conversation <laughs> because okay. the kids become so suspect of us, even young ones. Uh, become very suspect that this is super nice plan A coming my way. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Let's see. That's very helpful. Yeah, and then awesome, great. 
Um, so if you go back and stick to drilling a little bit more, I love that you didn't skip step two. So let's talk about how you worded step two, because a lot of a lot of us skip step two when we're when we're learning, right? So step two is where you said your concern, right? Um, and so, and we always encourage people to kind of get to their core. So what, right? Like something around health, safety, learning. Um, those are kinds of the things that we're trying to get to, right? So some sort of concern that that taps into one of those, right? Um, and I heard you say that, you know, I would, I would, these are my words, you could change them, but it sounded to me like, you know, it's a healthy thing for us to be able to work out problems together and, and for, for people to feel good about being in this house, right? So that was great. Um, when you are ready for step three, and step three is the invitation step, you want to, and this will be another signal that this is not plan A, um, am I still live here? I hope yes, you are. My computer shut off. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. My computer shut off, and I was like, "Oh no!" Um, <laughs> so uh, that's good. Again, wouldn't be this program without a tech issue, uh, <laughs> especially when I'm running the show. Um, when you set up for step three, you want to make sure to repeat what he said first, right? So I wonder if there's a way, right now, all we know is tired, right? I wonder if there's a way we can do something about when you're tired um, in such a way that we, if, you know, we can do something about what I said, that it's a healthy thing for us to talk about um, problems when they come up so everybody feels good about living in this house. That's how it would sound right now, right? And we know, though, or at least we're suspect, that tired is not the whole story, that there might be more to it. Um, last thing I'm going to say, going back to that drilling piece, as I just said, that uh, opener for step three. Um, now I want to remember what I was going to say here. One of the guesses that I would make when you're drilling is that sometimes when kids are asked to provide lots of words, even if it's just a grocery shopping list and we're thinking no big deal, right? Sometimes that in and of itself is hard. So I would guess that. Prepare, be prepared to be wrong. But, you know, um, <laughs> is it hard when I'm asking you, even though it's like foods you like, right, is it, is it hard to find the words to tell me even if it's foods you like? Right, because I know I'd be thinking this is a nice conversation. I'm I'm giving you carte blanche here to tell me what you want on the list. I'm going to go buy it for you, right? And yet, exactly. sometimes around yeah, sometimes around language difficulties, that is actually quite hard. Even though he's going to benefit from the conversation, right? It just makes me scratch my head more and want to drill more to understand this better. Jennifer, do you have anything to add? I said a lot, and it was a little bit all over the map, but this was a really nice, great live one to talk about. So yes. what would you add? Well, I would say a, a lot of the things that you said are things that I was thinking about. Um, the kid buy-in is such an important and underrated part of the process, I think, when parents are first starting out. Um, you know our kids <laughs> our, our kids have have made a lifetime study of figuring out how to get out of conversations with us with 
the least amount of conflict. Um, it doesn't always work, but you know, my, my son would try to avoid conversation like you wouldn't believe. And then finally, when we try to force him to talk, he would explode at us. Um, when I first started using CPS with him, he was a little younger than your son, um, but old enough that he could grasp the concept of it. And you said that you didn't think that it would go over very well um, to go into specifics with him, but at the same time, if he doesn't understand what you're doing, it's going to be hard for you to get his buy-in. And something as simple as, you know, I, I'm not happy with the way our conversations are, have been going. We end with everybody frustrated and angry. And that's not how I want our house to be. And I don't think that's how you want our house to be. Uh, so I've been reading about this this new conversation model where you tell me what are your concerns about something, I tell you what are my concerns about it, and then we work together to find a solution that that everybody feel good. Um, that's a, a sort of the, the nickel explanation, and I think that something like that will make talking with you easier. Um, okay. I'm not sure how close to that much, but because it, it frames it in a different way. And it lets him know that the conversation is leading to something. It's not just you're going to bug him and bug him and bug him and bug him and bug him until he gives you the information that you want. There's a reason for the conversation, and that seems to make a very big difference for kids when they know that there's a why behind it. Um, and I'm laughing as I'm, I'm listening to you because I can't tell you how many conversations, my son is now 19, um, how many conversations he and I have had around me going to the grocery store and him being like, there's nothing I want. And then when I get home, he'll say to me, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> yep. and I'll remember, but I, I asked you what you wanted and you said nothing. Um, before yep. we learned yep. about CPS, uh, my philosophy in terms of conversation with him, or just in terms of, of him and life, I tried very hard not to set him up to fail. Um, that was my, my mantra before it became, he's not giving me a hard time, he's having a hard time. <laughs> and... There are things, you know, I would be thinking, well, I've got to go to the grocery store today, so I should ask him this morning while we're both here and, and we have time before he goes to school and I go off to do my stuff that we can add some things to the list. Um, what I learned is that that conversation would not have gone well in my house either um, it would have been, this is my first morning back to school after vacation. I'm tired. I'm worried about what's going to happen at school. Um, I, you know, don't remember which class I'm supposed to be in first today. I've got all these other things on my mind, and mom wants to talk to me about grocery shopping. 
But mm-hmm. none of that would come out to me. It would all come out right. as, I'm tired, can we do this later? Um, so the five-finger method um, is a good thing, uh, that, as Kim was talking about. You know, just in terms of, was, was, was it a tough time for you to talk this morning because it was before school and you had other things on your mind? Um, questions like that might be able to help you. Um, the other thing that I would suggest at 15, sitting and talking with your mom is like the last thing in the world that any kid wants to do, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, at 19, we're just starting to come back around from that, where I suddenly have worthwhile opinions. Um, but <laughs> we did a lot of talking by text then, or mm. I would leave a note. Um, plan B doesn't have to happen as a face-to-face conversation. Sometimes our best conversations happened in the car while I was driving so that he didn't have to look at, into my eyes. Or, like I said, by note or by text. So there are other options for having that conversation that maybe feel a little less intimidating. Don't be afraid to use them. Can you give me an example of how you would leave a note or a text? Would that be, I've noticed you had a problem this morning uh, talking about the, the meals? Yeah. I, I would probably, um, in that situation, I would just text him and say, you know, this morning, um, and we've been doing this for a long time, and, and what I, asked, I told you what I said that, the conversation I said about buy-in is very similar to the conversation that I had with him, and he refers to CPS still to this day, almost 10 years later, as the concerns thing, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> which was nice, nice shorthand for him. Um, but I, so we don't necessarily go by the exact phrasing anymore. We did in the beginning. Um, I would probably text him and say, hey, you were having a hard time with our conversation about grocery shopping this morning. Um, can we talk more about what made it hard? And okay. the response that I would get would probably be, I already told you I was tired. And then I might text him back and say, <laughs> and it's amazing to see how fast he can text and how not fast I can text. Um, to say say to him, I know you were tired. Was was right before school a bad time to bring it up? You know, give him. And sometimes all you need is a little opening, and then all of a sudden, you know, the dots will fly, and you get like a big fat five-sentence paragraph all squashed into one. Um, But if you don't get it, then just make another guess and, you know, let them know it's okay to be wrong. Um, I have been wrong so many times. It's amazing to me how wrong I am sometimes at what I think the problem is compared to what actually turns out to be the problem. I thought I was really good at guessing what was wrong until I actually asked. Okay. (laughs) All right, so this is very helpful. So I'm going to say my two key takeaways are, one, that I can 
if I get an answer like I'm tired and like you two, I was suspect um, that if the drilling doesn't really work, that I can start making guesses like, oh, are you nervous about school tomorrow? Are you worried that um, that this is going to take too long Uh, or things like that? So I'll just I'll start guessing. Yes. But before I do that, I will try to get the buy-in. I, I like that, and I, and I think the way you describe the buy-in discussion mm-hmm. is something yeah. that might be responded well to as opposed to, like, hey, there's this thing, CPS, and I have these lists of questions I'm going to ask you. That I don't think yeah. you would respond well to. But the other <laughs> no. phrasing, yeah, 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 I, I, um, I, think, are, I think might work. Are you in our parent Facebook group? Yes. Okay. If you go in there and you search for hashtag kid buy in, all one word, then I think that you'll find a post about conversations with our kids about using CPS. Okay. Because I know sometimes it's hard to remember everything someone said. Exactly. Yes. So that is that yep. is great. Okay. So then for now today, if I I'll go back to him, I'll remind him about the discussion. I'll try to get his buy-in, and then um, I guess I'll I'll try to do drilling a little more and ask a little more about the tired, and then I guess then I'll invite him to to come up with a solution. And if he doesn't, then I'll come up with some solutions um, or some some thoughts and and get him to maybe rate those. Sort of like maybe you need to take a deep breath when I tell you something. You know, when I talk about something that you just don't. I don't know that that's that's difficult for you or tell me you want to do it later and we actually do it later or I don't know, <laughs> well, you come know, up with some mantra last, on your head last for thought. Mm-hmm. Last yep. thought that might help you with this part. I want to rephrase what I said about, I'm, I want to revisit what I said about the verb, right? So okay. sometimes we do go with, you know, it's hard to talk about hard things, right? Sometimes we say, yeah, sidestep the unsolved problem, which in this case actually was difficulty giving me a list of foods you wanted at the grocery store was actually the original unsolved problem, right? And sometimes if that doesn't go well, right, and you've tried, to, you've tried reassuring it's not plan A, you've tried um, the five-finger method or some version of that, and it's still not getting you, then we say sidestep it, you know, as in like pause it, and then talk about what's hard about talking, Right. I'm not sure you're there. So I would go back to it was difficult for you to give me um, some foods that you wanted me to buy at the grocery store, right? Um, Then when you're – if you do find that you have to make some suggestions about solutions, right, solutions have to be mutually satisfactory. So they have to address what we learned from him. So if he says something like, yeah, I was, if, he, if he endorses your guess that he was too consumed with school and worries about school, right, then a solution is going to have to address that and your concern, right? If he says, you know what, I get, like, cause he, he's probably pretty aware, if this is the case, that he benefits from having this conversation, but he just can't find the words or he just can't remember the things that he likes, then your solution has to address that, Right. And so um, it's not so much that we're looking to help him handle if he gets agitated. We actually want to prevent him from feeling agitated. That's actually going to be a stronger solution. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? 
It does, and I guess it just goes to, to the point of how the process is quite a process, right? Because yeah. <laughs> what I'd love to do is jump in and give him tips for handling aggravation because this is not an isolated incident, right? <laughs> and that's in part why I called because I felt like, hmm, that's probably not what I should be doing when I follow up today, but um, <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure what to do. Well, well you, you know, the, and the and wonderful that's... thing. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you Kim. go for it. Go for it. No, no, you go. You I was go. Say the, the wonderful thing about using Plan B with your kids is that your first instinct is always, you know, I, I want to help them learn to manage their frustration. Um, I want to help them learn how to not melt down when things feel out of control. That the more you do it, and the more you stick to the model and the more you address those underlying problems, it's amazing how all of a sudden you'll be like, hey, no door in my house has slammed in a month. <laughs> or I haven't gotten that, mom, you're so annoying, shut down in a long time because those skills come as they learn other things. As you address those those underlying problems, they help with the – because you're teaching your kid how to have a conversation, how to listen to someone else's concerns, how to explain their concerns so that they're understood. Once they can start to do all of those things, then the frustrations that they felt before start to go away. So you don't have to teach those things because you're teaching them something that both addresses those problems and what caused them. And this is the toughest part to accept. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, because you feel like you want to do it directly. You want to head on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, okay. and we talk a lot about, um, it's based on a fable about, a, this being an upstream model. And when kids are in the water, they are drowning and they're doing their behavioral signal. And a lot of models will say when kids are drowning in the water and doing their behavior, you've got to throw them a life ring, right? You've got to teach them coping skills. But sometimes they can catch it and sometimes they cannot because rational thought goes out the window when you're drowning and trying to survive, right? Get flooded with emotion. We would rather prevent them from falling in the water in the first place. So looking upstream and saying, what goes on up here that pushes them in the water? And then we're off to the races because they're trying to survive, they're <laughs> drowning, we're trying to get them out, right? We'd rather have them not fall in the water in the first place. That's super helpful. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was, this was fantastic. Thank you for calling in. I'm glad we, we actually didn't have another caller behind you. So this is really great that we could kind of totally pick, pick this plan B apart with you. And, and a lot of good stuff here. You're off to a great start. And we really do hope that you call us back or email us an update. We'd love to hear back from you. I will definitely do that. And I really do appreciate this. This has been fabulous for me as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that's you know, really neat to be able to kind of talk about all different aspects of the model in just one conversation. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it reminded me, Kim, in, in listening to her and to you and in thinking about, you know, going back to school after vacation. And this is a tough time of year. I said to one of my, my coworkers in my other job this morning, I haven't known what day it is for about two weeks. I wake up in the morning <laughs> and I'm just a little lost. This time of year, it's like between Christmas and New Year's, it all just sort of blends together. And um, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, it's such a good thing that my children are going back to school on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> that, that everyone, I think, right now is spread a little thin. Um, the holidays yeah. take a lot out of people, even when they're happy even when they're full of joy, it's a lot of of energy that you don't use that you don't usually expend that way, and you've got to do all your other things too. So people, I think, are are a little bit thinly spread right now. There are a lot of people in the pit, as we say in the B team, um, yeah. and I think that it's important that right now. Everybody gives themselves and the people that they love a lot of grace this time of year. <laughs> a lot of plan C I if think you can. <laughs> yes, that is a good reminder. I know when um, when we did the December podcast, Dr. Green closed by kind of asking what I was going to do essentially to take care of myself during <laughs> during the holidays. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to reduce my expectations. <laughs> That's yep. my gift to me. <laughs> Because then, you know, things will go smoothly. I won't be disappointed and all of this other stuff. I actually, I had to forcefully reduce expectations because I had a major ankle injury and then got sick twice on top of that. So it was a good lesson in in things are not going to play out the way you want. So let's figure out how to adjust to that. (laughs) We have one of my my favorite memes that, that, gets thrown. Heather Palmer, who is one of our, our B-team moderators, loves to do meme fests, and one that shows up all the time, it's, it's, this, it's a picture of this like Celtic warrior-looking guy, and it says on the front of it, um, pick fewer battles. No, that's still too many. Put some back. <laughs> and I always feel like, like oh, that's like that. That's something that, that, you know, this time of year, um, pick, pick fewer plan Bs to whatever you can plan C at this time is probably a good thing just because people are really in recovery mode for the beginning of January. <laughs> they sure are. We have about five minutes left, and we have a short email here that I think we should take on because it's it's not completely unlike what we've already talked about. So let's go for it. Okay. Um, hello. I look for ways to use CPS, but my 13-year-old son almost never acknowledges that he's stuck or not meeting expectations. For example, his teachers show us that he either didn't do an assignment or he did very little. He'll insist to us that he did it all. How can we discuss how to meet the expectation, identify lagging skill, and work the CPS model when he won't acknowledge the expectation wasn't met? 
lot to say about this. You want to go first? Or you want me to go? Well, I, 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 I'm laughing as I'm hearing it because you know one of the things when we talk about doing well is always preferable to not doing well. That no one wants you to be mad at them. That a kid who has has had Plan A through his entire life up until now is going to expect Plan A. And if you say to him, why, why didn't you do this? Um, he's going to expect, well, now I'm in trouble because I didn't do it. So if I tell them I did it, maybe they'll just leave me alone. <laughs> I, ask me how I know that. I was that kid. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I, I knew it was sort of magical thinking. It was the the somehow I can make this go away without getting in trouble. Um, a lot of effort that I put in that would have been much better served perhaps just doing the assignment in the first place, but that's adult hindsight. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think that that's, a lot of that is kid buy-in too. If they don't understand why you're having the conversation and if you're having the conversation as plan A and plan B close and it's going to end with the kid in trouble or without you hearing what their concerns were, then that's what you're going to get back. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I had those thoughts too. Um, and I also want to clarify necessarily when we go to talk to him, trying to identify a lagging skill, we're doing mm -hmm. that before we talk to him. We're using the alpha for starting there. And we're not even going to spend much time identifying lagging skills. We're going to maybe give each <laughs> lagging skill, you know, two to three seconds of thought if we think this um, fits for him. And that's really just to get our lenses on straight. Our kids do well if they can lenses and kind of go, oh, okay, we've got some potential deficits here. We can't be precise when we do this, and we're not trying to be. We're just trying to make some good educated guesses. Um, so I, I wouldn't focus much on lagging skills other than that. We're trying to solve the problem, right? And the question is, he doesn't even acknowledge that there is a problem. So the first thing, I'm with you, Jennifer. I, I'm always reminded, I, I, I had the fortunate uh, experience of working on site with some schools. This was way before the pandemic. And um, I remember a teacher being new to the model said, you know, you'll never believe it. I saw this kid punch another kid in the face at recess, and then I talked to him about it, and he said that he didn't do it. And I saw him do it, but he, <laughs> well, he didn't do he did. it. <laughs> right, right. And, and denial is not just a river in Egypt. That is a classic attempt to avoid plan A. So I'm with you. Let's lay some groundwork and acknowledge what plan A has been done in the past, whether by you or other adults, right, at school and whatnot. And that, that doesn't actually get the job done and, in fact, can make things worse. And you're looking into trying something different you know, where, and you could say things like, you're not mad, you know, and my, one of my, one of my favorite ways to say I'm not doing plan A is to say, I'm not saying you have to do the assignment because that, that blows kids' minds. Like, <laughs> of course we want them to do it, but we're not going to sit there and force them right. to do it. So I'm not saying you have yep. to, I'm asking you what's hard about it. Something's hard right. about it, right? So that's where my head goes. But feel free, if we miss the mark, to please call in next time or email us back. We'd be happy to help you more with more information. Um, no doubt about that. 
Um, and so that's a wrap for our first episode of 2023. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me. Um, always Happy a pleasure. To be here. <laughs> yeah. And I know Dr. Green was sad to miss it today. Hopefully he can join us for the February episode. Remember, we'll see you the first Tuesday in February at 11 a.m. Eastern. So email in, call in. We would look forward to hearing from you. Any concluding comments before we sign Uh, off? Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. Take care. Bye-bye.